how you got here. It's a big story, you know? Yeah, definitely. So I'll start from the beginning. I'm from a very, very small town in Southern Oregon called Klamath Falls. Um, pretty much nothing going on there. And I knew from a young age that I wanted to get out. But dealing with a chronic illness that I deal with called cystic fibrosis, it's very hard to live a normal life um, with that holding you back. So during my childhood, I was always sick in and out of the hospital. I was very malnourished. I wasn't like all the other kids. I couldn't, I couldn't run on recess. I had to take pills before I ate. So I felt very different in my childhood. Um, but I still knew that I wanted to make it big in my life. And I had big dreams and big goals no matter what was holding me back. So <clears throat> my entire childhood, I was sick, like I said. Once I became a young adult, <clears throat> I started working out in the gyms and putting on, trying to put on a little bit of muscle and uh, just trying to work out like like be a normal person pretty much. Yeah. Because I was told my entire life that I pretty much couldn't do anything. Um, I shouldn't really try to get a job. I shouldn't really try to have relationships. I shouldn't really just pretty much be a normal human because the life expectancy of people with cystic fibrosis at the time was not very long. So for me, um, it kind of put a little bit of a damper on my life. But even all of that said, I still didn't care what they said. I still wanted, I still had my own goals and my own dreams. And, uh, when I, when I became a young adult, when I turned 22, I dropped everything in my life and I just moved to Los Angeles to pursue my, um, training career. And, uh, now fast forward five years, um, I have my own personal training business. I have over 22 clients that I train virtually and in person. And uh, I help the chronic illness community. I train people with cystic fibrosis virtually and, uh, help them, live a little bit longer, healthier lives, gain some muscle and uh, try to feel like a normal human being. Wow. That's incredible. I want to um, dive a little bit deeper into cystic fibrosis. Um, so I think maybe people have heard about it, but they maybe don't know a ton about getting into the weeds about it. Could you explain a little bit more? Yeah. So cystic fibrosis is a chronic condition, pretty much floods all your major organs with thick, sticky mucus. Um, now the main component of cystic fibrosis. Most people, it affects their lungs, which which for me, that was the case. Um, and that is the case. So it floods your lungs with thick, sticky mucus because our water and our salt channels in our body don't work together. So it, ca it causes a blockage. And what happens is the mucus is so thick and sticky that you can't get it out. And then what it does is it ferments inside the lungs and the pancreas and it causes bacterial infections. And uh, the bacteria breaks down the lining of the lungs, which eventually causes us to have a lung transplant or pass away. <clears throat> wow. I mean, it sounds very severe. Now that is related to the um, life expectancy, I would imagine. So what's the, just the general range today for somebody with cystic fibrosis in terms of lifespan and what could be done about it to help change that? Yeah. So we've come a long way in modern medicine, obviously, but about when I was a child, that life expectancy when I was born was about 18, 15 to 18 years old. Wow. Yeah. So that is the severity of the illness, right? And it's a progressive illness. So as you age, it gets worse and worse and worse. So um, yeah, when I was born, the life expectancy was between 15 and 18. Now it's about 34. <clears throat> so, but also, and here's the scary thing about cystic fibrosis. I'm 27 now, so I'm almost 30. So the scary thing about it is when you're, when you're young and you're kind of looking up all the facts about your illness, you're not really sure because you kind of have to learn a lot yourself, right? Yeah. And you experience the feelings yourself. So for me, the tough part was <clears throat> looking online and seeing that, you know, 
is this the amount of time that I have here on this earth? Is this, is this, <clears throat> can I cram in my entire life in 30 years? Which mm. unreasonable, you know? So, but for me, <clears throat> that creates that strong mindset and that positivity that you have to have that I believe that can get you through anything, but not only the positive mindset, but also the, sometimes I tell people this, but they think it sounds a little bit corny, but the gym, the gym, has <clears throat> saved my life. And I'm not saying that just because it's, it feels good to me. I'm saying that because in the reality of the situation, it has yeah. saved me. Because if I didn't have the gym and I didn't have working out, I didn't have, it wasn't able to move and clear the mucus from my lungs, then who knows where my life would be at right now. So that's why I have a lot of passion for fitness and a lot of passion for what I do because it saved my life. <clears throat> Talk a little bit about the mechanism behind how. Uh, being fitter has contributed to um, helping you be healthier with cystic fibrosis. Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> us with cystic fibrosis aren't really able to gain muscle mass. So it's harder for us because our bone density is a lot lower than normal people. So for us to pack on muscle is almost one of the hardest things. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm all about challenging myself and kind of getting myself to the next level. And, uh, when I was when I was in high school, I was about 165 pounds, skin and bones. I'm six foot three, so I'm very. It was very, I was very skinny and yeah. malnourished. And I wanted to. I always looked up to the people that played sports and was able to build muscle and look really, you know, muscular. That was a look that I always wanted to do. And uh, but the doctors always told me that you know we can't really gain muscle. So don't don't. It was always everything that I had. It's like when you go somewhere, you go to these CF clinics every three months. As a lot of us. CFers, we go to these clinics and for checkups every three months, and they tell us it's never really a positive thing. You know, it's kind of it's kind of nerve wracking when you go in there. And so they were telling me that I couldn't really gain muscle. And again, once again, I took that as a challenge. And for us to gain muscle, it's about five times harder than the normal human being. So, but I'm happy to say now I went from 165 pounds. I'm I'm 230 pounds today at 27. So. For me, it's it's the overcoming, and no matter what anybody says to you, they can't play God in a sense, and they they don't really they 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 don't predict your future. I think that you're in control of it, and uh, I feel healthier than I've ever been. I'm 27. I'm getting obviously as I'm getting older, it's supposed to get worse, but um, I I actually feel like I'm getting a lot better. I feel like I'm overcoming it in a lot of ways. Um, with obviously modern medication is helping a lot too, but just just with my mindset because. When you can't breathe your entire life and you wake up panicking for air, it's 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 a it's a scary situation that you're in, and you can't control it. It's a genetic disease. So I was born with this. I wasn't. This wasn't a choice for me. <clears throat> wow, wow. Now I remember you you were saying when we were talking off air about taking a deep breath and how <clears throat> hard that was, and now like you can actually take a deep breath. I would love to hear more about that, especially for I think the listeners to. We take we take that for granted, you know. We're like, oh, I take a deep breath. But tell me about your experience with that. Finally, doing that. Yeah. So for twenty six years, I never knew what it like what it was like to take a deep breath. I never knew what it was like to go somewhere, not cough the entire time. I chronically coughed for twenty six years of my life every single day. So that comes with a lot of stuff too. My my back is rounded now because <clears throat> because of my cough. My spine is rounded. Um, I have back problems. I had chronic headaches. I wasn't able to breathe. And, and, and I always, 
envied people because just being in a normal world and not being able to act like everybody else and be able to take a breath, it, it's, it's a little bit mentally wearing on yourself because you look at everybody else and it's almost like you're an alien in a different world because everyone else is living their lives and they're taking deep breaths and they can sleep all night without coughing. And for me, I know it sounds kind of funny because it's little things like, okay, maybe getting a haircut. I could never get a haircut without coffee. I couldn't go on a date without coffee. I couldn't go to the movies without coffee. I couldn't do anything without coughing. I would avoid things in my life because I was, I, I was self-conscious about coughing all the time. And, and, and it's, it, gets, it gets to a point where it's a little bit annoying when people are always asking, oh, are you sick? Are you sick? Are you sick? And then you have to explain it to everybody. Um, <clears throat> but back to taking the deep breath. For 26 years, like I said, I couldn't take a deep breath. I never knew what that felt like. And uh, in February, they released a medication for the cystic fibrosis community called Trikafta. And it actually opens up those those block channels to be able to release salt into the water so we can actually breathe. And within two hours of me taking the medication, I can breathe. Whoa. And it was almost like my life started at that point. Do you know what I mean? It was weird because wow. yeah, for, for, for 26 years, <clears throat> I didn't know what that was like. And it was to the point where also, too, my lungs were getting so bad where I didn't know how much time I had left. You know, I, that was a thought that went in my head. There, were, there was, my lungs were breaking down and I was getting, I mean, I, one year I had eight lung infections in one year. So for me, it was, it was a point where timing is very, is very of the essence in life. Obviously we all, we all have specific timing, but that medication couldn't have hit at, at a more perfect time, right? Right before a pandemic also. <clears throat> but, uh, that's unbelievable. Yeah, so, that's yeah, actually unbelievable. Like, Wow. It's, yeah, it was, uh, it's crazy. It, it's, uh, it's, it's, it was an emotional moment for me because I, it's like, it's almost like you dream of something and you think about something all day, every day of your life, and then you have it. And, uh, but that was, uh, again, that's back to like manifesting it and, and being able to think about it and, and, and just pushing through, like pushing through the tough, the tough times where I couldn't breathe. And I, and I, but you know, <clears throat> I, I dealt with that for 26 years of my life and I was done with it. You know, I was done. I was done not being able to be normal. I wanted to be, I wanted to be able to breathe. Like just something as simple as take a breath or work out without coughing the entire time. You know what I mean? Or have a conversation with somebody that I'm actually all in on the conversation. And I'm not just thinking about me. When is my next cough going to come? I could never be present in a, in a moment with somebody or present in a, in a, in a social setting with a group of people, because I was always just thinking about when am I going to start coughing? But wow. this medication has uh, changed my life. It's, it's insane. Like I, when I got the medication, I was very nervous because I don't really take, I do mostly all natural supplementation. So <clears throat> when I got this medication, they were like, Oh, it gives you side effects. It affects your liver. And you know, if, if it affects your liver, don't worry, we'll just get a liver transplant. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't want to get a liver transplant. No. I don't want. Yeah. So if it's not one thing, it's another, right. But I said, you know what? I, I just can't not, I can't do this anymore with my lungs. So I took it and it's a miracle drug. I mean, within two hours, I could I could take a deep breath. That's what I was going to ask. Was like, how quickly did it kick <laughs> in? I can't even imagine. Like, within two hours, you're taking your first deep breath ever. Yeah, and like it was. Well, they do it. And this might be a little bit graphic for some people, but we do it. It's, it's called purging. So before I took the medication, they said you're going to purge everything out of your lungs. So, <clears throat> which means. All the mucus in your lungs is going to come out because of this medication is going to pull it out. And uh, 
within like within 45 minutes of me taking the first dose, I started purging everything. All the mucus just started coming out and like just, and I was like, oh my God, it's working. And then after two hours of that, I realized that because I was listening to music and I was singing out loud and I could never sing before without starting having, my lungs would just start spasming. And I noticed that I was singing and nothing was happening. And I was like, wow. So, yeah. Wow. That is incredible. I mean, that's like, there's some freedom that just happened there. Well, yeah, my life, I started doing everything. I said, wow, this is what, this is what people feel like. This is what they, this is what they have been like their entire life. I mean, I couldn't imagine what I could get done having this with being able to breathe. And I get stuff done with this chronic illness and being sick my entire life. Imagine if I could breathe and be normal. You know what I mean? Like that was my thought process. And like, for me, like there's a certain mindset you have to have with chronic illness. You have to have a positive mindset. And with anything that you go through in life, if you go through something that you're struggling with, you have to be able to push through that because once you push through that pain and that suffering, you always come out on top at the end if you push through it the right way, not the wrong way. So for me, I was always pushing. I was always trying to keep that positivity going, even when I was sick and felt like I was dying. I was always trying to keep that positive, <clears throat> positive mindset going of, okay, you got this. You can do it. Just, just push through it. Just push through it. Just push through it. And that created the, the positivity of what I do now. So that created me being able to motivate others with cystic fibrosis me being able to motivate others that are struggling in their lives and being able to push through some sort of pain in their lives. And that would really, that's what really prepared me for what I do now. Tell me a little bit about the, um, the cystic fibrosis community. I mean, obviously people who aren't in it, they probably don't have an idea about it. What's been your experience with that community? Um, I think the community is great. Like I, I kept my cystic fibrosis a secret for 26 years. I never told anybody except for my friend, a couple of close friends and my mom knew, obviously, but uh, I never made it a public thing. Now, I, I talk about my purpose a lot in my life and we all try to struggle to find our purpose in life. And sometimes it's hard. We, we're trying to throw things against the wall and they're just not sticking. And I did that. <clears throat> I did that for a long time. Like I came to LA to train celebrities and professional athletes and I accomplished that goal. And once I accomplished that goal, I was like, this isn't it. <clears throat> this isn't the purpose. Like you, you get a certain feeling when you're doing something for you that you're, that you're supposed to be doing. And, uh, I didn't get that feeling. So <clears throat> I was like, well, there's something that I got to do. And, uh, one day I was in the gym and somebody asked me like, oh my God, how do you build, what do you do? What do you eat? Blah, 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 blah. I think I was benching like 365 pounds at the time and people with cystic fibrosis, that's unheard of. We can't even, it's almost impossible. I mean, there's a couple of people out there that can do it, but for me, it was it, it was just the challenge of okay, I have low bone density. I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. And people were asking me for advice and asking me what I eat and what I do, and I was like, these people have no idea that I'm sick. And I bet you people would benefit from this if I maybe posted this on social media and showed people the struggle and showed people what I have to go through and showed people what I can do with this illness. So there's no excuses for people that are giving themselves something. We can't we can't do something because we're giving each other excuses. So I think maybe this would give people hope. And not only that, but with the people with cystic fibrosis community, is <clears throat> there's a lot of people that are sick in my community. There's a lot of people that you know they're dying and they're sick and they they can't they have nothing else <clears throat> but social media and but to be able to watch something to give them a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of hope. And that's what I wanted to do for the community. And as soon as I made it public. 
it kind of exploded a little bit. And I was like, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what, this is why I have cystic fibrosis is to be able to show wow. people that you can push through anything and we we have to have hope and we have to have faith that we can push through anything. I mean, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now, with this drug, has this been a long time in the making, this drug? Like you've been waiting for this? or How's that process been? Yeah. I mean, it was, no, actually, it's, not. it's, it's pretty new. It's about, I think it's about a year old, um, maybe not even a year. But when it first came out, I didn't even, I didn't take it because I wanted to see how other people had affected other people in the CF community because I don't know, I just was a little bit weary about it. I didn't want to have any other health conditions. <clears throat> I didn't want to have to deal with, um, getting a liver transplant or anything like that. So I kind of waited, but then what happened was my lung got so bad that I had to do it, but it hasn't been out for too long. It hasn't been out. I mean, we've been waiting for something for a long time. Obviously we were hoping that it was a cure because we have no cure. Yeah. Um, but when the medication came out, it changed a lot of people's lives and it, and it continues to do that. <clears throat> and so do you think that it's going to extend the lifespan of people at 100%. this point? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people on the lung transplant lists when that drug came out. And once they're once it came out and they started taking it, they're no longer on the list anymore. So their lungs have improved. My oh. lungs, my, when I before I got the medication, my lung function was about 60% lung function. So if you think about that, I'm only able to use 60% of my lungs to breathe. After six months of taking the drugs, my lung function was at 100%. Wow. <clears throat> so... People, normal people with regular lungs don't even have a hundred percent lung function. Huh. So, yeah. I was very, uh, because of the, obviously I work out all the time and stuff like that as well. So that helps a lot, but I was, I was amazed by that. I was amazed. I mean, I, I just simple things, you know, like I was saying, being able to sleep at night was very nice. <laughs> I mean, I mean your first, what was that like to have like your first good night of sleep? Oh, it was, it was amazing. Like just, <laughs> It's not waking up and just because we would wake, I would wake up and my lungs would spasm for hours and then I would have headaches. And I would wake up, like I would wake up for a couple hours and I'd have to go back to sleep because in the middle of the day, because I just, I couldn't, it was, I was just so fatigued. Wow. I mean, that must have, you, you, did you feel like you were like refreshed for the first time? Like when you woke up that first yeah, time? And just being able to lay down and just take a deep breath without just coughing. Just, just, it was just, I can't even explain to people when they ask me, like, what does that feel like? Because you can't really know what it feels like unless you've had mm -hmm. your air taken away from you. And when you've had your air taken away from you, it's a scary thing. It's 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 almost like a little bit of like, almost like e euphoric a little bit because you're you're like, is this is this death? Because there's been a lot of times where I've been laying in bed and I've been coughing and I couldn't get air. And mm. in your brain, for like five seconds, you think, oh my god, this is it. <clears throat> because you're you're kind of in fight or flight mode, right? So it's just I don't know. It's 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 a scary feeling, and, and I've been through that feeling so many times that a lot of stuff in the, in the in the normal world, I guess you could say, doesn't really affect me as much as you think it might. Like people panic for different things. <clears throat> I think this this illness has made me a strong, confident person, so that when I'm in certain situations, I don't panic. I I assess the situation and I think about it because a lot of people, they panic, they have anxiety, they start to go crazy. I don't do that because I've, I've, I've had so many 
near-death almost experiences where I thought that I was going to be dead or thought I was going to die because I can't breathe or I'm in the hospital and, oh, my God, this is it. They're telling me I'm only going to live till 19. What am I – you know what I mean? So <clears throat> a little stuff in life doesn't really affect me as much, and that's actually helped me. That's the positive side of it because I'm able to help other people that are panicking. That <clears throat> could be my family. It could be my friends that are panicking, and I walk them through it. But it, it, this illness has made me that type of person where now I'm able to help others get through their pain. Right. Now, you were saying how this uh, is a genetic condition. Is that something you worry about, like, in terms of, like, if you were, now you have this amazing drug, you're like, man, maybe I can live a lot longer. Do you think about having a family and the implications of what that might mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> so I'll give you a little bit of background on that. With cystic fibrosis, men, about 99% of us are infertile, so we can't have kids naturally. Oh, Okay. We're, we're born without a vast deferens, which is the tube that goes from, you know, from the, that was yes. able to mm-hmm. have kids. Right? So, um, yeah, when I was about, this was actually a tra- traumatic thing for, for my mom in this sense, because I, uh, we went, well, I went to the CF clinic, this was about six, seven years ago, and they, they told me that I can't have kids. Um, but, you know, here's the thing, what I think about, what I think about sometimes when doctors tell me stuff. Doctors have been telling me stuff a long time, and this is not... This is nothing against doctors or anything like that. It's not the poke at doctors. It's just the honest reality of what I've experienced in in the hospitals. Um, When doctors have told me things in my life, throughout my entire life, I'll be honest with you. A lot of times they weren't right. And I uh, have done things to overcome and prove that wrong. Uh, I'm not saying that I can have kids. I've never, and I don't have any kids or anything like that. But that does, it is a fear of mine to have a child because if I hold a genetic defect, obviously, and if the woman that I was with hold it too, our kid could have cystic fibrosis, and I don't want to put that on anybody or any child because I know what that's like. So that is a big fear of mine. <clears throat> but it's also, for me, I look at it as if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. So obviously, that's that's in the future, but we can see where that goes. <clears throat> so how how do you look at your life with, especially? I mean, this drug sounds amazing, honestly. How do you look oh, at your amazing. life after this drug? Like, do you, do you think about the timeline at all and kind of the average lifespan or you go, you know, I just going to be whatever it's going to be. I'm going to live as long as I can and the, the best I can. How do you looking, how you're looking at it? Um, no, I think that <clears throat> I look at it like I'm going to live a long, healthy life. I don't look at it as, okay, my lifespan is this, this, or this. I look at it as I'm going to live a long, healthy life. I'm planning on living into my seventies or eighties. I want to do that. Even longer. I, I don't. I don't plan. I used to think about that a lot, but then I kind of it gave me a lot of it panicked me a lot. You know, yeah, it made me panic, and and I'm always thinking about it in the back of my head, and I would make my decisions based on that. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to enjoy my life and live live freely and just kind of go with the flow. And <clears throat> you know, we we all have a day that we're gonna go. We and we don't have any. Exactly. We don't have a decision. We don't have a decision over that. And whether you have a chronic illness or not, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that anybody can decide where we're going to be or how we're going to pass or anything like that. So, you know, if that, if that happens and that's the way it's meant to be, but I believe that I was here for a different purpose and I, I believe I'm just scratching the surface of that purpose. So I'm not going to leave this earth until the purpose is done. So what's the, what do you want to accomplish based off of where you're at now? Like where where can you see yourself? What's the vision of what you want to accomplish with that purpose? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that I envision, but the one thing I envision for the cystic fibrosis community is I want to be one of the biggest advocates for the illness in the world. I want people. I want to do public speaking around the world. I want to do motivational speaking around the world. I want to be able to just create different fitness and nutrition programs for those with cystic fibrosis and kind of adapt it to them, because a lot of people. A lot of people help the cystic fibrosis community, but they don't have it. I mean, there's a few that do. Um, a lot of these big foundations, they help cystic fibrosis tremendously, but a lot of people that run them don't have cystic fibrosis. And that's a lot different when you experience the pain and the suffering. It comes with the illness and being able to put it into helping others and stuff like that. <clears throat> and for me, it's, it's just, it's just, the, it's just the, the happiness it gives me from, to help others with cystic fibrosis and to help kids and to, to give that to give the moms and the dads a little bit of relief looking at me and saying, Oh wow. Cause when, when you're, di- when your kid is diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, it's a panic moment. Cause there's so many different things mm. that can go wrong. And the, these parents can look at my Instagram pages or, and see that, okay, here's this guy, he's working out, he's building muscle. He's living a somewhat normal life. I have a little bit of hope now for my child. And, you know, I get a lot of messages like that, them reaching out to me and just telling me that they watch my stuff and it gives them, hope and motivation and it takes a little bit of anxiety away from having their daughter or son have cystic fibrosis. That's incredible. I mean, I can't imagine, I have a nine-year-old daughter and I can't imagine thinking, well, I only have maybe 10 more years left with her. Exactly. That's that, how scary has that, how how can that be? You know, but you, I mean, you're a light, you're a shining example of what can be done. And obviously through advances in, technology and medication of course we're seeing some incredible things and, and man what a, what a time to be alive with with yeah, this like, right i mean I'm thankful that I'm, I'm i'm able to get the drug because there's a lot of people that can't get it um there's a lot of people that you know they passed away before the drug came out and if they would have had the drug before they would have lived and uh, it's just a set it's, it's an exciting time but it's also it's a sad time too because i i know a lot of people with cystic fibrosis that have passed and uh it's they were young, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old. And if they wow. would have had this drug, um, they would have been alive now. Now, is, is this something that uh, is pretty available to most people with cystic fibrosis, this drug, or is it hard to get? Um, well, you have to have really good insurance because it's very expensive. Um, the drug. Yeah. So that's the other thing, too. Obviously, we all know in the in the pharmaceutical business, it's all about money today. So, um, yeah, I'm just thankful that I have a good insurance, but I know overseas they're trying to get it improved now in the, in the, in the UK and, uh, they're working on doing petitions to be able to get it approved. Cause there's a lot of kids over there that aren't able to get it because they're, I don't, I don't know what goes on with the government over there and approving medications and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah. I, when they told me at the, at the doctor, when they said they, they wanted to start me on Trikafta, they told me that the drug was going to be $600,000. Whoa. And I was like, what person has $600,000? <laughs> Come on. Like, let's be realistic. And they're like, oh, okay, well, if you don't have $600,000, we just break it up into payments. So it's only $60,000 a month. And I go, I, I, like, if we're, okay, if I'm paying $600,000 for a drug, why, why aren't we having a cure? Why is there not a cure? Yeah. If you can change this and you can, you can genetically you can genetically change the defect in somebody's body. Why can't we find a cure? And you know, there's never an answer, but it's just, if you don't have good insurance, it's, it's hard because if you don't have like a lot of people will see if they can't work, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a sad thing. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a sad, like if 
a lot of my a lot of ki- people that I know in the CF community they have to get lung transplants, and to get a lung transplant it's like seventy five thousand dollars. And if you don't have seventy five thousand dollars, they go, oh, okay, well that's you know they don't have. It's not like oh we'll help you out. It's like well these people mm-hmm. are dying. These people are dying, and if they don't have seventy five thousand dollars, then they just die. It's it's just it's ridiculous to me, and, and it's a hard thing. And you know it's just it's just crazy to me that we can't save people's lives even though they're struggling. What are we doing in our country with stuff like this? It just blows my mind, you know, like it's it's really only for people then who are extremely wealthy, you know, if that's the case, like that's exact, that's ridiculous. Honestly, it's really ridiculous, especially when you can do something, give somebody something that literally changes their entire life. This isn't like you meet somebody, they change your life type of thing. This is like, no, this actually changed your life. Like Save your, save your life. life, man. I know the feeling of, of like, you know, hopelessness. I know the feeling yeah. of there's nothing there to help me. And you know what I mean? Like there's, you can't control your genetics. So like if there was this drug there and I couldn't get it and I knew that it was going to save my life or there was, and it, it would just be, it would be, it would just be insane. I don't even know how they can even do that to people, but it's the world uh, we live in. It is the world we live in. Now, I want to transition a little bit to being in the fitness industry. So how does having cystic fibrosis kind of, I don't know, maybe it doesn't you know, change your idea. I don't know. But how have you seen the industry based off of your condition? Yeah, I see the industry. I mean, as we know, in the fitness industry, a lot of the stuff is kind of the same, you know, and I wanted to be different. I wanted to be the big guy with muscles that I know this might sound stupid, but I wanted to be the big guy with muscles that when people look at me, they go, wow, this guy's a gym guy. And then I go, but also I'm chronically ill and I'm sick. Hmm. You know, so I wanted, I wanted to give that because with cystic fibrosis, a lot of times you can't tell, like, it's not like something that you can see on me. Yeah, It's like almost illness. It's inside of something that we deal with on the inside of our body, not the outside. So it's just, in the fitness industry, I think that there's a the reason why there's a lot of there's a lot of similar things going on, right? There's a lot of I don't know, there's a lot of shirtless pictures and people bench pressing yeah. 700 pounds, but there's no what's the diff? What makes these people different? What makes these people want people to watch them and and ta- see them and be like, wow, this guy's overcoming this, this, and this? There's none of that, and that's that was what I looked at in the fitness industry, and obviously being in the fitness industry, it's it's all the same thing. You know, it's very basic and very yes. surface level type of stuff. There's nothing really in depth. There's nothing, there's nobody really, I mean, we all overcome struggles, but there's nobody with like something very serious that they're overcoming in their life. I mean, I'm sure there is a couple in the world, but I'm talking about being able to overcome death and then yeah. taking that death and turning it into something positive, taking that, taking that, pain and struggle and turning into something positive through health and fitness and through a positive gateway and not just feeling sorry for ourselves and pitying ourselves and, and wanting to, you know, curl up and just give up and stuff like that. I don't believe in giving up. I believe that we're hit with these problems and we're hit with these struggles in life to make us stronger people. And uh, every time I'm hit with something, I just, I remember like how much I've been through. And if I can overcome that, then this is nothing for me. Wow. You know, you had mentioned about like, this is in my brain about the doctors and how, you know, you've overcome a lot of the odds, what they've said. Why do you think that they think that way? That they just say, you know what, James, 
don't even think about doing that. What's the rationale? I think that that they don't really know. I mean, I I don't know. I think that you have to experience it to know. I mean, I, I, there's been a lot of things like I believe in natural things. I believe in eating well. I believe in juicing. I believe in natural vitamins and supplementation. And a lot of doctors, when I tell them, they go, what are you doing? How are you 230 pounds? It's like, I walk in there and like they walk, I walk in and they go, we have to retest you to see if you have it. Oh, right. So that, I'm, and I tell them, I go, this is how many times a week that I do juicing. This is what the vitamins I take. And they go to me, they go, oh, that's all bunk. What? <laughs> I, I swear to you, that's what, word for word. <laughs> word for word, they've told me that to my face. So for me, I go, oh, so you don't think that juicing, because celery juice, for instance, it, it um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it read, like it helps your cells in your lungs. Yeah. Okay that so i do that i do celery juice i do what all, all that stuff turmeric cayenne i do all the natural stuff and they go oh that's all bunk so i think i tell them oh, so you don't think that that helps they go no wow but then they want to put me on some sort of medication and, and i don't want to do that i would rather do it natural so for me yeah i don't know that I, I just don't it's almost like a it's like a love hate thing for me and doctors because they've told me so many things when i was a kid and, and try almost like they tried to beat beat me down in a way like yeah. not certain things and i just didn't listen which i guess it was a good thing and you know i just didn't want to i didn't want to give into it and i thought that maybe i i wanted to i want to i like to figure things out on my own a lot of the times and i like to experience it on my own and uh, that's what i did i found it kind of found a way on my own that's incredible you know you're kind of in this in-between world where like you're in our business that we're you know we're both in and you know a healthier let's you know, let's take care of our bodies, our mind, lifestyle. But then you also have this amazing drug. And it's it's interesting because some people, I think, in our business are like heavily against medication. But there right. there are some times when you do need something. Like 100%. Right? So you can't bash it completely. But then I totally am with you on like doctors saying you can't do this or that because often they don't even have the knowledge base to understand that you know, health right. and wellness, but there's these two things sometimes have to exist. And, and, and you are the perfect example of that. Yeah, definitely. Like, I believe that there is medications that like, like if you break your leg, you need some pain medication. You know what I mean? Like, or else <laughs> right. it's gonna, like you, you know, can't I'm, I'm, it out, man. <laughs> yeah, you can't go, I'm fine. You know what I mean? You snap your leg in half, you're going to need something. But like, I agree with that point. I think that it's good for that. I, I believe that it's good for that. I believe that it's good for people that are in pain and like my instance, people that can't breathe and we can change that. And I think that if we can change that, then that's amazing. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of corrupt stuff that goes on in the medication too, as well. Yeah. I think there's definitely a line. I've always been like, Hey, if this is like going to change somebody's life, they can actually function normally. They need the medication, but just to be handing it out, like, you know, water to people and they don't need it. That's there's a line there, you know? And, I think more often than not, you can definitely uh, be more well by taking care of yourself in a natural way. But I mean, there's there's a truth behind you do need sometimes medication. It's just it can't be a blanket statement, you know, like. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100 percent. And I think that there is definitely times when people need it 100,000 percent. Yeah, it just it shouldn't cost so much. (laughs) It just should not cost. That's it's like a huge problem for me. It's like. I remember one time my wife was on this medication and, it, you know, it went from like very reasonable to insanely expensive, like overnight. 
Right. And, and I thought, these are crooks, man. How can you do that to people? You know? They are crooks. And that, that, that's the exact right word to it. I mean, they make billions and billions of dollars. And uh, they don't, at the end of the day, like I looked at it as they're not, they don't care about me. They don't care about what I'm yeah. going through. They don't care about the struggles. They just want their money. And uh, at the end of the day, like we can't care about them either. We can't rely on them yeah. to, to help us. You know, we have to, we have to be able to have a backup plan and have something there to be able to overcome it ourselves as well. Now, are people surprised, like other fitness, like you're in LA, this is like the mecca of like health and wellness and stuff. Right. Are people surprised when they find out you have cystic fibrosis based off of like how you look and you carry yourself? Yeah, yeah. that's actually a good question because there's a fine line there because I pick and choose who I speak to about my cystic fibrosis with. Now, obviously on my social media, it's public and stuff and people can go look. But when I'm talking to people in person, this is my experience throughout my life. Um, when I tell people that I have cystic fibrosis, the first, the first thing they say, they don't know what it is. Yeah. Or they tell me, Oh, is that, does that have to do with your skin? So obviously they don't know what it is or does that have to do with your bones or does that have to do with your whatever, right? Like scoli, they, they're like, Oh yeah, you have scoli. No, it has nothing to Whoa. do with that. So that's the one thing, but then I don't, I don't, I don't keep going in the conversation. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to mm. do that because, but the second thing and the most irritating one for me and i know for a lot of people in the chronic illness community is as soon as we tell people about our illness they try to relate to us now this is a this is a kind of a bigger problem because you can't really relate to cystic fibrosis or any chronic illness unless you have it so for me like i get this a lot oh yeah i have a i have a chronic lung disease and blah blah, blah. i have a couple let's say i'm having a conversation with somebody and they go, oh, yeah, yeah. They kind of brush off what I say and they go, yeah, I have asthma. I know exactly. Oh, no. I get this all the time. I have asthma. Oh, yeah, you know, I had a, I have a skin condition where I have to put uh, in every morning. And I go, okay. But at that point for me, the conversation is over. Yeah. Because there's no point in doing that because it's not about me trying to give you knowledge about my condition and give you a little bit about my story and maybe give you a little bit of inspiration because there is times where I've had conversations with random people that have said, Hey, I really like what you're doing and your Instagram. And I go, oh, I appreciate that. And then they want to speak to me because they're maybe their nephew has cystic fibrosis or their sister has it. So they understand it. They are, they've seen it one-on-one. -on -one. They've seen it up close and what it comes with. So then I enjoy talking to people like that because they understand what I'm saying. If I'm talking to a random stranger about it, and they're trying to relate to me. There's no really, there's nothing really there because they're more focused on what they're saying than rather what I'm saying. Man, that's just crazy. It's interesting. People try to relate like asthma or skin condition to cystic fibrosis. It's like yeah, that happened to me a lot, actually. That's crazy, actually. I don't know. That's not even the first thing I would think of. You know, like exactly. I mean, when somebody tells me, <laughs> when somebody tells me they have some sort of chronic illness, I'm gonna listen. I'm not, I'm going to go, you know, I'm, uh, and like, the, don't get me wrong. There is people that are very like amazed and they're very inspired by what I'm saying. And I get that a lot too. There's, it's a 50, 50, right. But it's, it's also like people, a lot of people don't understand the pain and the stuff that I'm talking about because they've never been through anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's hard to, it's hard to explain that to somebody when they've really never had that money, that much struggle in their life. And it's very surprising to me too how many people have kind of breezed through life and not really had too many struggles. That was a very much that was a kind of a reality check for me, and it was like, okay, James, you got to do something with this because not a lot yeah. of people, not a lot of people have have been through. I mean, 
don't get me wrong. There's different, there's different levels of struggle in life, right? Like there's a struggle. Okay. Let's say my tire gets flat on the street. That's a struggle, but it's not life. It's not going to, it's not going to tear your life apart. Like that's that's a different kind of struggle. So for me, I had to understand that not everybody is going to understand what I'm saying and not everybody is going to, not everybody you speak to is going to be somebody or somebody that you're going to have, you, you need to explain your life to and explain your struggles to. You know, that's a good point. And I, I've actually talked about this a lot with people. It's kind of like very few people have actually been tested in life. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, exactly. You know, they just, they just, well, they do everything to avoid it. And so whether you are tested, um, involuntarily because you have a condition you're born with or the whole thing, or you will voluntarily test yourself, you know, yeah. test your metal, your grit. It, right. it's, it's just something people avoid pretty regularly. And I kind of equated to kind of what's going on with like now, like I can't even imagine having cystic fibrosis with COVID-19 lurking around like right. that. And that's- that would be unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And also too, because I coughed every single day. So you think about, I got the medication literally the month before COVID hit. Crazy. So the timing of it, because let's say I, let's say I didn't get the medication. I wouldn't even be able to, I mean, I couldn't, cause you know, now you cough or you go <clears throat> like that in public, people are like, Oh, they, they're, yeah. they're running away from you. So I couldn't imagine if, I had the cough that I used to have in COVID, in a pandemic where the symptoms no. of the cough, you know what I mean? I would be, I would have to be in my house all day. But um, yeah, it, 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 like I said, it's about timing and it's about, it's, it's a miracle drug. Like, you know what I mean? And like, like I said about purpose and stuff, when you're here for a certain purpose, it's always going to work out in your favor because I'm, I don't know, I believe in God or, and I believe that there's, that we have to have faith and I believe that everybody yes, has sir. a certain path. Everybody has a certain path, you know, and uh, I think that God is continually moving us in a certain path and, and in a certain way that we're supposed to be going. And and if we're going down, a, we're going down a, a specific way we're not supposed to be going. He grabs us and he moves us over to that other way. And I think that that's kind of what ha- has happened to me my entire life. You know, I've had I've had a lot of blessings in my life, and I feel like it took me twenty six years of struggle and pain and suffering to be able to get the biggest blessing and was able to breathe. And now my life is kind of, I don't take things for granted. You know what I mean? And I'm not scared to do stuff like that. And a lot of people have a lot of, like, that's the thing with a lot of people. They have a, this fear of something bad is going to happen to them. And, uh, or they're scared to, to make a leap and to do something. And like when I moved from my hometown of, you know, 17,000 people, they don't, they don't do what I do. They don't do what I did. Yeah. They don't, they don't pack up and move to the big, one of the biggest cities in the world with the most competition and say that I'm going to train celebrities and professional athletes. Like the, the, there's no, like for me, I've always had the, 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 the guts to do whatever I want. Like I've never been, I've never been scared. I've never been like, Oh yeah, I'm not going to do that because of this, this, and this, like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I'm, I know reality of the situation. I know that life can hit you and I know that we're not going to make risks that aren't calculated, but I feel like if you don't make the jump and you don't do what you want to do, then, you're going to be in the same position for your entire life. And next thing you know, you're, you're 10, 15 years goes by and you have nothing done and you have nothing to show for it. And like, that was my fear. And I, and I knew that it, I've always wanted to do, I've always wanted to do something big in my life since I was 14, 15 years old, all my friends and family, you know, they, they, I would tell them these stupid things. Like I'm going to go when I'm 15 years old, I'm in high school telling my friends, yeah, I'm moving to LA. I'm going to be a famous trainer. I'm going to train celebrities and professional athletes. And I'm confident in what I'm saying. And they, they're laughing at me. You know, they laughed yeah. because also it's not about 
doing that, it's like, it's about, okay, I've got to do this. I got to do this and accomplish this goal with a chronic illness. Like let's, okay. It's hard enough to do it without a chronic illness. It's hard mm-hmm. enough to go somewhere with no money and no, no resources and no family and no friends and, and build yourself something. It's hard enough to do that on your own. Now let's add a chronic illness on top of it. And like, that was what was really a struggle for me because I'm dealing with being sick every day, but also trying to find a good paying job and trying to pay my rent and trying to deal with the everyday struggles of just regular life. You know what I mean? So that's, that's a tough, that was tough for me as well. Yeah. I love what you said about God and purpose. And I'm totally with you on, I believe every person has a purpose and I think often it's right in front of them. It's just, they, they do so much to, deny that purpose, you know, because sometimes that purpose leads you to a place that you never thought or you wanted to do in your life. And it's like, Hey man, you got to accept this, man. when you accept, like, this is what you're, you're supposed to do. Yeah. It it just may not be what you dreamed, but it just may be what is the best thing for you. You know, I think it's in front of every person. They just, they deny it. They, they don't want to accept it. You know, and that's exactly what happened to me. I denied it for years. It was right in front of my face. It was my illness. It was yes. my, it was dealt with every day. It was like, and I'm always trying to figure out why am I not doing it? Why can't I break through these doors? Why can't I do this? Why can't I get this job? Why can't I do this? But what's your purpose is I was focused on, I was focused on making money. That was what I was focused on. Ah. Like, I wanted to make enough money to support myself and to get myself a nice car. And, and I, ha- I wanted to live a good life. So I was always focusing on money. And I was always very impatient. And I was always frazzled. And I was always just, oh, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. I had no time for anything else but making money. Like that was my mindset when I first came to Los Angeles. And I, one person, this is somebody said this to me, one of my clients, and, they, and it kind of hit, hit with me. And I, and I took it with me and I just kind of, I, I implemented it into my life. And once I implemented it into my life, it actually worked. He told me, he goes, James, stop worrying about money. He's like, money ebbs and flows all the time. <clears throat> your money's always going to come and go in your life, no matter what you're doing. He's like, but focus on your happiness. And if you focus on your happiness every single day, the money will start to flow into your life because energy attracts energy. So if you're presenting your best self to people all day long and you're giving them happiness and giving them hope, the money and your life is going to transform into what it's supposed to be. And I'm not saying that life is about money. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that take our focuses away from money and start to focus on ourselves. And maybe it might sound a little bit weird, but once I did that and I focused on just waking up every day and just like, I'm happy today and I'm thankful for this, this, and this, and this. And once I started doing that, I'm not even kidding. My life started progressing. And I started building better relationships. I started getting better clients. I started making more money. You know what I mean? So it was, it was, it's crazy how that the energy works and, and people tell you things in your life. Like it could be just little things like what I just said. And it's either your decision to take it with you or, or not. Because for me, it's stuff like that. It clicks for me. Like, oh, wow. Like, I'm going to try that and see if yeah. it works. And it man, does. I, man, I tell you what, although we, uh, I don't have cystic fibrosis and we've lived a very different life. We have an extremely similar mindset. Yeah, right. Which I think is even more important in that. And I, I can attest to everything you said. I mean, when I really dove into my faith and I took chances in life and yeah. went down my own pathway, you know, I was doing extremely well financially. 
And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to change this up. I'm going to, I feel like I'm kind of at the top of what I'm doing. I'm just going to leave it and do right. something else and pursue a, a purpose for me. I made more money <laughs> after that, which was weird. You know, <laughs> like I was happier. You know? When you're doing the right thing and, and life will reward you. When you're, when you're serving your purpose here on this earth, life's going to reward you with, and it doesn't have to be money. It could be a good relationship. Yeah. It could be friend it could be your future wife or your future husband if you're a woman it could be anything like that like it, it could reward you with little things you could reward you with good health like for me that's a reward like because i've lived sick my entire life so for me good health being able to wake up and just not cough and just go to the gym like that for me is like that's it that's all i need as long as i can make a make an income and work out in a day i'm good that's all i need yep. you know what i mean yep. like so for me, like that's a blessing in itself. I don't need anything else other than that. So like, but for me, it's like, I'm so like, I'll just be driving in my car and I'll take a deep breath. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so thankful for that. That's amazing. Because I didn't have that for so long. You know what I mean? And I'm just so, <laughs> but I'm just taking all the air in that I can at all times. But yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. You have to sit, you have to sit back. And sometimes I, I like for the first few, after the first few months, I got used to breathing and I was like, man, and I'll have to stop myself and just be like, Take a deep breath and just remember what that feels like. And remember that you couldn't do that for your entire life. Don't ever forget. Yeah. Don't forget. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That you you are an inspiration, man. And I feel like just if if you people would focus on giving goodness to others on a regular basis and being a light to others on a regular basis, you know, that bears fruit. And it may be financial, it may be relationship, or whatever it is. You're going to bear something positive. You're going to harvest a great harvest of goodness when you do that with other people. And exactly. More than ever, we need that. You, my friend, James, you are an inspiration. You are incredible. This far exceeded my expectations. Far. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, too, as well. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you are a light, man. I want to spread that light to other people. I look forward to this coming out. I I can already tell this is going to impact a lot of people. They're going to be like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> you know? that's, all, that's all I wanted to do, man, is just impact and help other people. Because that's the reason why I have this. There's a reason why, you know, I was, I say that I was, you know, it's funny because I could look at it as a negative thing, right? And I could tell like, why am I, why do I have this? And there's been points in my life where like, God, why do I have to have this? Why can't I be normal? Why can't I have a you know, I, I can't have, I can't do this. I can't hold my breath. I can't run. I can't do that. Like there's all these little tiny things that come into play. And uh, like, it's just crazy to think about when you look back on where you were and where you've come and, and you can never, you can never guess what's going to happen. Like people try to, <clears throat> when they ask people, when people ask me, what do you want to do in five years? Listen, I don't even know because Look at the world that we're in now. I mean, every day is different. We're living day by day. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. So for me, when someone asks, oh, what's your five-year? I mean, don't get me wrong. I have goals and aspirations, but we don't know where we're going to be in five years. I didn't know I was going to be here five years ago. I didn't know I was going to be on this on this podcast talking about my chronic illness five years ago. If you would have asked me this five years ago, I'd have been like, no way. I'm not sharing that with anybody. That's private. And I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to tell people that I was sick. But now... I've embraced it. And once you embrace your struggles and once you embrace your flaws, I feel like that you become the actual person you're supposed to be. Mm. Mm. Powerful. Well, listen, James, it's been a pleasure 
And um, I'm excited for people to hear this. Thank you so much, man. Thank yeah, you. Of course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you got it. it, man. We'll be in touch. All right, man. Thank you. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut, or The Dose of News Useful Today. The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine. And when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences. And it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So get the donut, stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text donut to 66866 to sign up today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.